You're listening to Puma Podcast. Antarctica, I would say, is probably the hardest because of the obviously the snow and the ice. And you're not running on running shoes. You're running on like shoes with spikes, like trail shoes. And then just the wind gust is like 50 miles per hour. And you're almost going backwards. You just keep going. You just keep going. And I tell myself, Julie, quitting is not an option. I'm Siege Tantenko Malolos, and you're listening to Go Hard Girls, the first and only sports program in the Philippines exclusively focused on amazing female athletes. This marks the beginning of our fourth season since the podcast began in 2019, and we've seen the women's game come such a long way. Our Pinay athletes didn't wait for the landscape to change. They took it upon themselves to move mountains. And so this new season is all about finding success on your own terms. Each episode features an inspiring Filipina athlete who broke the mold and charted her own path to success. And who better to start with than an athlete who made history by going faster at an age when people assumed it would be time to slow down. Hi everyone, my name is Julie Uichat. I just turned 50 years old. I'm a nurse and the first Filipina to complete the World Marathon Challenge. I was born and raised in Negros Occidental. And I was in Bacolod for high school and college. And I didn't move to the States until I finished college. That was 30 years ago. I really loved sport growing up, but it wasn't like promoted at home. My mom was a teacher, so she wants us to focus on academics. So... Just before I discovered uh, running, I really wasn't physically active, to be honest with you. I was one of those who would make a New Year's resolution. I'd go to the gym and you'd see me there for three weeks and then you won't see me again for three years kind of type thing. Work consumed my life. I was traveling for work and that's pretty much what I did. It was my sister who inspired me to go try running because I know growing up, she's not very athletic. And she and one of my best friends started running and they did a half marathon together. And one day I just realized I was also at a crossroads in my life because I feel like I devoted everything, every waking moment to my job. And at some point I felt like I was getting burned out. Like, is this really all there, there is to my life? And then uh, she was going out running a half marathon with my friend. And I was like, how do you do that? Because I can't even run from my house to the stop sign without getting short of breath. Anyway, she said, hey, slow down your pace. Keep going. You won't die. I said, okay, let me try that tomorrow. So I slowed down my pace. She even told me, she said, even if you have to walk, just walk, walk, jog, walk, jog, just start slow, just see how far you can go. And so I gave it a shot. And um, for the first time, I think I did, I think it was more like 4K, 5K I did that day, or maybe even more. And so I knew then that the feeling was like of achieving something that you didn't think was possible was incredible. So that pretty much encouraged me. And then one thing led to another. And then early 2017 was when we did our first half marathon together. That was my first individual race. I was so inspired by the runners. Some of them were older, some were younger, some looked fit, some didn't look fit, but I have so much respect for everyone who was out there. I just feel like, oh my God, you're out here trying to accomplish something. And why didn't I think of this before? But 
I was so excited to be there. And I did better than what I expected to do in that my very first race. Despite these feelings, Julie wasn't fully committed to running just yet. Until someone from work dared her to go further. Somebody just said, hey, before we start this meeting, sign up and do this full marathon with me. At first, I declined. I said, I don't think I'm ready for it. Let's wait till next year. Let me train for it. And he was like, no, we have five months before the race. You have time to train. So I had to text my husband and said, hey, would you support me if I do this full marathon? And he was like, yeah, sure, go for it. Sometimes when you're so busy with your career or whatever it is that you're busy with in life, I have no kids, so I have probably more time for me than others who are married with kids, you know. But if you really think about it, if you don't really take the time to pause for yourself and really get to know, sometimes you don't even know yourself. You're just going through the motion of the day to day. But when I did the marathon training, it was hard to be running out there alone for a long period of time. That's when I got to really know myself. And then it's almost like I knew the deepest parts of me, what inspires me, what keeps me going. And what I got most excited about was I realized I'm very disciplined with work. I'm just not disciplined about taking care of me. I discovered like self-love in the process. I feel like, okay, what can I do for me? And I was looking at the training plan and I can't believe that I would wake up early to do the plan, whatever the training was for the day. And I see myself getting better and better, but I still didn't know much about running and especially running a full marathon. So that's when I told my husband, I said, hey, I think I need to hire a coach. And he was laughing and he didn't think I was serious at that time. He was like, what do you need to hire a coach for? One foot before the other. I'll chase you under the golf cart, whatever. I said, no, I need to really get the help <laughs> to get me better at this because I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, so when I met with the coach and I didn't understand much about it, like, why is he taking me to the gym for strength training? I didn't know that you have to do all those things too, so you don't get injured. The race she was training for, the St. George Marathon in Utah, happened to be a Boston qualifier. This means that if you finish within a certain time, you're qualified to compete in the prestigious Boston Marathon. The older you get, the more time you have to complete the race in order to qualify. So my Boston qualifying time, I was looking at it and I thought, hmm, maybe I can do this. So I told my coach, do you think I can do this? And you should have seen his face. Like He was like, oh my gosh, she is so ambitious. <laughs> He's like, Julie, give me your best two miles. I'll time you right now. So I gave it my best because I wanted to impress him. <laughs> so I ran so fast. And then when I finished, he looked at the clock. He looked at me. He's like, oh my gosh, like you're faster than the kid I'm training in high school because he coaches like a track team. I was like, no way. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, can I change your paces? And you start hitting the paces on your training. I said, yeah, I can give it a try. I'll see what happens. In 2017, Julie needed to run 26.2 miles, or 42 kilometers, in 3 hours and 55 minutes. She did it in 3 hours, 39 minutes, and 54 seconds. So I beat my Boston qualifying time by over 15 minutes, and that was my very first race. So my family, who were runners, and some of them I know has been chasing the Boston qualifying time for them, were like super impressed like wow it took us 
we haven't even hit it and it, we've been working on it for a few years now and here you are i said i know and don't get me wrong like i take this as a sign that maybe it's a gift it's a gift that i was given later in life and what perfect timing when i was at a crossroads at that time and i want to see what i can do with this running Discovering a new skill or getting into a new sport can be challenging for anyone. For Julie, it came with the added challenge not just of age, but of her responsibilities at work. She needed to balance her training with a busy leadership role that saw her constantly on the move. What did Julie do? She found the determination to give her best in both roles, at work and in running. Just before I discovered running, I would be traveling almost every week and sometimes three different states in a week and I only get to be home on weekends and anyway so that was pretty much my life and then introduced running which was super exciting to me at that time sometimes I have to wake up from where I live three o'clock in the morning I would get to my destination by the time I get to the hotel it's at 6 p.m at night and I tell myself okay Julie tired you don't have to train forget the six miles you have to do today it's understandable it's late whatever there's another voice that tells me okay when you go run the race nobody's going to help you but you you're not cheating anyone but yourself so it's up to you what you want to do so i always choose to okay <laughs> check in the hotel put on your running shoes and i run around the parking lot if i have to that evening and make sure that i finish what I'm supposed to do for that day. One time I had to do a presentation at work. It was in, I believe in Nebraska. My coach told me I have to run a full marathon that day. And I was supposed to do a presentation around nine o'clock. The meeting started at 8.30 and I was thinking to myself, I'm gonna need at least four hours. I woke up before four, started running 4.30, finished the whole marathon. And I told my co-presenter, I said, hey, can we switch? I'll present after you because I had to shower and stuff. And I walked in the room, they started clapping because they knew who's that crazy lady running around the parking lot. <laughs> and they all saw me. <laughs> so we all laugh about it. Soon, Julie was dreaming bigger and bigger. There are over 800 marathons organized internationally every year, but only six have the title of World Marathon Major. Tokyo, Boston, London, Berlin, Chicago, and New York City. So I looked it up and I asked my husband, hey, would you support me if I go do the six world major marathons? And he was like, who's telling you all of this? <laughs> I said, our friend Maya at work. <laughs> and anyway, he's like, okay, if that's what you want to do. By 2021, Julie had already done four of the six. Boston, Berlin, New York, and Chicago. Each marathon was memorable to Julie in its own way. Every single one uh, really holds a special place in my heart, right? Because it's like a dream I never expected I could do at this age, and I was able to. Uh, I would say Berlin because it was my first international race outside the country, and it was my first major race. Like, I couldn't believe the enormity of the event. Like the professionals like Elliot Kipchoge like hitting world record you know and I'm running same race with him you know but out of all of that also I think 
what's also super special to me is I have friends from high school who flew to Berlin to support me. There were 11 of us there. In every race that I have raced, I may not be the fastest runner, but I can tell you right now, I'm probably one of the most loved. I would say New York was probably the most energetic out of all the races. Again, I have friends there too who lives in New York. They came up to see me. My stepdaughter flew from Wisconsin to be there with me uh, and her husband. So I get a lot of love and support. Boston, you wouldn't believe. We all have jackets from the Philippines. There's like all of us wearing Team Julie U jacket with all the six majors. And then the Philippine flag here, we were walking around Boston and people were like, oh, are you from the Philippine team? I was so embarrassed. And my friends like, yes. Like <laughs> <laughs> national team. Oh, yes. And we have your picture. And so they all like post with them. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God, they'll post it on Facebook and, and people in the Philippines will go, there is no Philippine team, <laughs> Philippine team in Boston. <laughs> That's why I think part of the journey of the running, it's not just that, it's the friendship that has uh, developed. It's just, it's been incredible. Yeah, I'm so grateful for them. Every time I see pictures, I see my husband made a whole wall of all my medals here right now. Every time I see it, I get so emotional because of the journey that I went through with all of that, the sacrifices and yeah, the ups and downs and stuff like that. Julie's life had changed by leaps and bounds. But a greater, more exciting challenge was yet to come. We were just watching TV. It was like a evening news. There was a lawyer who's fundraising because he was doing the World Marathon Challenge. And they showed it on TV. And I was watching. And I was like, oh, wow, seven marathons on seven continents in seven days? And so I asked my husband, like, do you think I can do that? And so... Ever since, it hasn't left my mind. Like, I started looking it up. Anyway, I was going back and forth, but it never left my mind. Like, when I was in Wisconsin in the winter, for example, I started running. This was before I even signed up. I said, I just want to see how it feels to run in the snow. So anything I did with running and stuff like that, like, hey, I'm going to try and run in the snow because someday... You never know. I might be joining that race and I want to see how it feels. On my 49th birthday last year, I said, I'm going to sign up for the World Marathon Challenge. Yeah, I'm 50 now, officially. <laughs> the World Marathon Challenge is beyond imagining. One marathon sounds tough enough, but seven marathons in seven days in seven continents? It's not just a physical challenge, but a mental logistical, and even financial one, too. You'd have to be away from your work. You'd have to be away from home. Um, you know, how do you prepare for that? In my head, I want to realize my dream. So anything I did, like financially, I would sacrifice something to put it towards this, like, because this is important to me. This is a dream that I really want to uh, pursue before I'm 50. That was my goal. I also had to tell myself, okay, Julie, it's not just all about physical training. It's like you said, mental training, emotionally and spiritually, because I feel, I believe the four areas have to really work hand in hand. You can't just do one without the other. Having bigger goals also meant having a bigger purpose to her running. So Julie's first step was turning to her support system. 
I'm um, given this gift of running. Obviously, my work, right, has been able to afford me the opportunity to run these races internationally and stuff like that. Uh, my husband has been, of course, super supportive of me also. So I want to give back into something and give my running deeper meaning. That's when the first thing I did after I signed up for the World Marathon Challenge, of course, I spoke to my coach, like, hey, are you going to help me prepare for this physically? Because <laughs> I know there's no better coach to get me ready than her. Because she herself, she's Filipino too. I'm proud of her. She's Guinness World Record holder for Ironman races. By now, Julie's coach was the Pinay runner, Shangri-La Rendon. Women supporting women, love to see it. So are you going to be able to help me prepare for this? And she said, yes. Obviously, my husband and I have been talking about this for years. And then I reach out to Kalipay. Kalipay Negrense Foundation is a nonprofit organization from Julie's hometown in Bacolod. They work to support disadvantaged children, including the homeless, abandoned, abused, or ones who've been victims of child labor and trafficking. I told Kalipay, this is going to be the biggest race of my life. And I want to give deeper meaning to what I'm doing. And I want to use this platform to raise funds for you. Because of the kids, when I'm tired, when I don't feel like training, I think about them. I think about, okay, I'm doing this fundraising to help give a child, an abused child or an abandoned child, a chance to a new life. And I have people from work supporting me. Uh, financially through my fundraising, I said, I can't disappoint those people who believed in me and the people I'm um, trying to support through this platform. Just as Julie found purpose and motivation in the kids from Kalipay, they began to look up to her too. We talked to Anna Balsells, the founder and president of Kalipay Negrense Foundation, to hear their side of the story. My name is Anna Balsells. In 2007, I started the foundation that I called Kalipay in Ilongo. It means joy. In Tagalog, it's Ligaya. So it's, it means joy, the joy of Negros. We rescue these children of all ages, from newborns all the way to 15, 16-year-olds, and they live with us. We have a compound where we have a home. We have a school. And then, of course, a sports center. The hardest part in the work we're doing is having the funds. That's sad to say. Um, it's very hard to survive. We lost so many donors because many were hit by COVID. And then here appears a woman named Julie Uichat, <laughs> uh, willing to do one of the most difficult challenges in the sports world for the sake of helping Kalipay. Anna and Julie go way back. Their families know each other, and they attended the same high school in different batches. They lost touch when Julie migrated to the States, while Anna moved to Spain. Anna established Kalipay Negrense Foundation when she returned to the Philippines after a long career in tourism. And sometime after, when Julie went on vacation in Negros with her husband, she learned about Kalipay through her cousins. Something really touched her heart. That day that she visited our home and she saw the children. That was many years ago. And she never forgot about it. And then, many years later, she started preparing for the marathon race. The incredible world marathon. 
And then that's when she got back to me and said, Anna, I don't know if you remember me, but I was there and I'm going to do this. And I really want it for the children. Julie partnered with the foundation and launched the fundraising campaign Run for Kalipay in April 2022, almost a year before the World Marathon Challenge. And then we, when I let the children know, oh my God, of course, it's hard to believe. Nobody wanted to believe. The kids said, no way. I said, believe me, she will do it. Because her heart was really into it. And anyway, she kept in touch with me a lot. And in December, she came here before the marathon. She came and visited the children. The beauty of it is that she was very closely in touch with us, with me, and with all the children. So the children knew what was happening. A strong support system, a reason to give it her all, and a whole lot of grit. Julie had everything she needed to take on the World Marathon Challenge. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Going into whatever race, right, confidence comes in your preparation. I feel like I was prepared to do this. I have a really good coach who trained me. We peaked four times. I was running six marathons in eight days. I trained in ice and snow just to practice my gear and just to see how it feels like, if this is the temperature, how much layering do I have to do and stuff like that. The race director already told us in the beginning, you have no control of your time. You have no control as to when we leave and stuff like that. I tell you to run your run and get as much rest as you can in between the runs and I'll get you to the seventh continent, which is back to the US. So mentally, I already gave that up. I surrendered the fact that there's going to be a lot of these things that will be out of my control. There's a lot of pressure in it, but I was almost excited because I was confident that I can do this. I just didn't know how well I would do. I know I could finish this as long as nothing serious happens, you know, accidents and stuff like that. I wasn't nervous. I wasn't. I was more excited. I want to give my training some justice. I want to see what I can do at the race. The first race in the first continent, Antarctica. Of course, I was super excited to be in Antarctica, right? Like, not a lot of people get to go to Antarctica. And we got on the Russian cargo plane. And that in itself is like a highlight. Like, wow, when will I ever get to ride this plane again, right? Probably never. I couldn't believe how white and beautiful everything is. Antarctica, I would say, is probably the hardest because of obviously the snow and the ice. And you're not running on running shoes. You're running on like shoes with spikes, like trail shoes. And then just the wind. It was below freezing temperature and the wind. So one way when you have the tailwind, it, it was good. But sometimes you're fighting the wind. Gust is like 50 miles per hour. 
and you're almost going backwards and you just keep going. You just keep going. And I tell myself, Julie, quitting is not an option. We had some runners that actually uh, stopped running after half marathon, after the 21K. I thought about all the expenses too. <laughs> like, this is not something I could just say, oh, I'll do it again next time. No, this is it. <laughs> you have one chance and you, and you do it. And so I think having that Kalipa in my head, I want to make them proud of me. I want to be an example to those kids. I want to uh, say thank you to the people who supported my fundraising and every my friends and family who supported me all throughout the nine months that uh, I did all the training when I couldn't do dinners with them and stuff like that, um, that they would understand why I'm doing that and why I was doing that. And so, yeah, so uh, I just pushed through. It wasn't my best time, but I kept going. I was just happy and proud. Like I said, after I finished the race, I said, I want to get my Philippine flag. <laughs> and they're like, Julie, put on your medal first. <laughs> I said, okay, but I want my flag. I was so proud to be Filipino. I want to race a flag first <laughs> before you give me that medal. Race number two, Cape Town, Africa. I didn't do as well because I cramped. My fueling wasn't right. My electrolytes wasn't right, but I was still happy. Don't get me wrong. I was limping. I was walking uh, towards the end. Again, as soon as I cross the finish, I'll be fine. I'll adjust my fueling and I'll do better next time. And again, just the mindset, it's just accepting the things I can't accept and only control the things you can control. Winning for me is I embrace Vince Lombardi's definition of winning. What he said was winning means that you're willing to go longer, work harder, something like that more than anyone else. So it's not really necessarily beating somebody else, right? It's just that you're willing to go longer and work harder. So I was just there to race well, be decent, show up, you know, as well as you can. Race three, Perth, Australia. When we went to Australia, because I cramped the day before, I slowed down in the first, probably because it was during... Uh, just before sunset. So it was super hot. And then I was afraid of cramping. So I slowed down. I just took it easy. The course is made up of 13 loops around the same path. So the first three, I was very slow. And then the sun started setting and it was getting cooler and I felt great. So I started running my best. And then towards the end, I was already uh, second place. And just in the last mile, somebody, it was already dark. Somebody yelled, you're only two minutes behind her, chase her. So as I was running, I was like, oh my God, who is this guy? He's obviously rooting for me, right? I looked at the time. I said, there's no way I can reach her because we don't have enough distance to go to beat two minutes. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, that means I really have to sprint to catch her. And I might hurt myself. It, I calculated the risk and I thought, it's not worth it. I'll just finish strong and I'm happy with my run. I finished second, but I was so happy. I was super happy. I remember calling my husband, leaving him a voicemail. I was crying because I felt good. The first time I felt so good with my run was at that run. Race four, Dubai, Asia. This was when Julie realized she had a new friend cheering her on. Remember that guy I was telling you who's, who yelled, like, you're only two minutes behind? I didn't know who he was because it was dark. On the plane, just before we landed in Dubai, he looked for me on the plane. And then he came to me and he told me, he said, hey, by the way, Julie, 
Did you know that on the last 10 loops of the race, you were winning? You were the fastest? Why were you so slow in the beginning? I said, oh, because I cramped in Cape Town and it was so hot. So I told myself, I'll take it easy until the sun sets and it gets cooler. Then I'll give it my best. But yeah, to be honest with you, I felt great. But I didn't know that I was winning the last 10. She, he said, yes, you were. And he said, okay, from now on, you're not going to do that again. As soon as we land in Dubai, the gun goes off, you run to win. And I said, wow, okay, I'll do that. I'm thinking to myself, okay, somebody believes in me before I believed in myself. And I'm not going to disappoint him because he saw something in me. He didn't even know me. I don't know him, but I know he was part of the race crew. I call him my angel because I didn't know his name at that time. He would stand in the middle and tell me, You are three minutes ahead of her. Keep that pace. Good job. I kept going and giving it my best because I don't want to disappoint him because he was there physically. But there, of course, there's other, you know, reasons why now I wanted to win. So I started running just as fast as I could. And then it was also very special for me because as I turned on the aid station, there were two Filipinos there. I remember them going, go, Mom, Julie. And I kept going and I finished first in Dubai. Race 5, Madrid, Europe. I don't even know the time anymore because time zones didn't matter to us anymore. When we got to Madrid, just before we landed in Madrid, he found me on the plane again. And again, Julie was not alone. She had her new friend, her angel, with her. And he said, same strategy again today, okay? I said, oh, yes. And he was there again for me, same thing. Hey, Julie, water, you need water? Like, no, I just had water. He's like, because it was getting hot? Like, you want this on your head? Yes, he would pour water on my head while I was running. It was just the support she needed because Madrid presented its own set of difficulties for Julie. So we were supposed to run on the F1 racetrack in Madrid. But because we got super delayed, our race director just emailed or connected with one of the mayors in Madrid And last minute, they put the race uh, course for us. So it was just in a small town in Madrid, and it was very unstable. It just, uh, it had potholes. It was, some had like a little bit of sand and small rocks and pebbles. I tripped in Madrid, seventh mile. I have a big wound here and on my knee, I fell and I was like, oh no. Oh no, because I'm thinking to myself, now she's going to catch up to me. And I'm thinking to myself, Julie, it doesn't matter. As long as you're not seriously hurt, get up and continue. I got up, nothing's broken. <laughs> so I started running again. I was bleeding. I stopped at the aid station, just poured water on my knee and my elbow and kept running again. And the doctor actually said they were going to stitch it because it was so deep and big. It was really bad. But I was just so excited. Like, I, I didn't feel the pain. <laughs> And then I won. I won again. Julie was bleeding and bruised when she won the race in Madrid. The next day, she won race six in Brazil, South America. And the day after, she won in Miami, North America. Four out of seven marathons won. And with that, Julie Uichet became the first ever Filipina to complete the World Marathon Challenge. 
The marathon ran from January 31 to February 6, 2023. The year had barely even started, and Filipinos around the world already had a new Pinay athlete to celebrate. A strong start for a year where the Filipinas won their first ever FIFA Women's World Cup match, and nine-year-old skateboarder Maisel Paris Aligado captured the hearts of the Asian Games audience. In more ways than one, for Pinay athletes and women of all ages, Julie Uichet is blazing the trail. One month later, in March 2023, Julie visited the Philippines. The Senate passed Resolution Number 471, which congratulated her for completing the World Marathon Challenge and placing first in four out of the seven marathons. But there was more for Julie to celebrate. Her Run for Kalipay campaign had been going for nearly a year at this point. Donations had come in from all over the world, both through individuals and Project PH, a nonprofit organization run by Julie and her husband, Jim. The campaign raised over 4 million pesos. As part of her visit, Julie went home to Negros to turn the funds over to the foundation. She received a hero's welcome from her family, friends, and of course, the children of Kalipay. Here's Anna Balcells of Kalipay again. She gave a dinner to all her friends and the children of Kalipa. There was a group of children who were there and sung for her. It was so beautiful, you know. Oh, my God, it was so touching. She fell in Spain. She tripped. She was, had wounds on her knees and in her arms, bleeding in the Antarctic. I mean, she could barely breathe because of the, the cold. It was, what was it, 20, 30 be- degrees below zero? And yet she didn't stop. She's very grateful that she had that in her. Oh, those things when the children heard that, oh my God, are the kids were in tears and shocked. And you know what? With what she was able to raise funds, we were able to build up a healing center, a healing structure separate from the main house, which is where the children meet up with a psychologist, the children meet up with their social workers. Thanks to Julie's run, we have that now. And with Kalipay continuing to exist, the foundation is able to provide more than the children's basic needs. They're also supporting the children's well-rounded development by introducing them to sports. So now we even have a girl, you know, who has only one eye and, you know, she's already playing basketball. How old is Annabelle? Um, She's now 11 years old. She had Crusen syndrome. They had to operate her skull and she, she lost one eye. And yet she plays basketball already. And she's just there when they're playing basketball. She's also with the big ball, you know. I always get scared that she might hurt her good eye, but she's not afraid. It's beautiful. She does it out of her own free will. Of course, Julie recognizes how important it is for kids to get into sports, and she strives to be a role model for them. She wanted to go running with the kids. This was after the race. Or was it before the race? I don't remember because there are several times that she came. 
And I'm, I know she's coming back and she wants to go running with our kids, go up to the mountains running or go somewhere, you know. The children know her and have thanked her profusely, really, because what she did was amazing. In just five and a half years from when she began running, Julie has made history. She did it for a cause. She did it at 49 years old. By now, you might not be surprised to know that nothing slows Julie down. We interviewed her shortly after her 50th birthday, so we caught up with her as we started writing this episode. Turns out, Julie isn't satisfied with completing the World Marathon Majors and the World Marathon Challenge. She has also started ultra running, finishing third overall in her first 50-mile race, and cycling, riding 160 kilometers in her first bike race last June. Next year, Julie has more races to look forward to, notably the April 2024 Marathon de Sable in the Sahara Desert in Morocco. This ultramarathon in extreme conditions is dubbed the toughest foot race in the world. When I hear your story, I think of this quote that Michelle Yeoh said, at the Oscars. And then she said that to all of the women, don't let anyone ever tell you that you're past your prime just because of your age. How does that quote resonate with you? Very well, obviously with my age, right? I'm already past my prime before I even started. <laughs> I have friends, they mean well, right? But they ask, do you really think you can still get better with your age? You know, uh, you're more prone to injury at this age and stuff like that. So you probably need to slow down. So I just embrace that as a challenge. I know that they don't mean any harm about that, but it fuels me, obviously, because it gets me excited to see what else can I do with this. Don't let age be a factor, like whatever it is that you believe in fight for what you believe in uh chase after your dreams i can't honestly tell you where this running is going to take me but i'm living my best life at 50 that's for sure and i feel so inspired to do more for others and use this platform whether to inspire others and to do something with with their life and don't feel like oh i'm already 50. oh god there's more to life in my opinion if you have a dream go for it and surround yourself with people that will support you to make your dream a reality. Again, I'm Siege Tantenko Malolos, Puma Podcast. This episode was hosted by me. Produced by me, Nina Toralba. And edited by me, Joe Salcedo. Special thanks to Gretchen Ho, a previous guest of the podcast, for introducing us to today's amazing Pinay athlete. If you feel inspired by Julie's story, please rate us with five stars on your podcast app or leave a comment on Spotify. It really helps more people discover the stories we do and helps introduce more people to our amazing Filipina athletes. What was your favorite part of this episode? Share your favorite Julie Uichet quote on social media and don't forget to tag us at underscore GoHardGirls on Twitter and Instagram and GoHardGirlsPH on TikTok and Facebook. You can also tag me at Siege the Day. That's C-E-E-J the Day. And in our next episode... The fourth quarter came. We were leading by a bit, I think, uh, last few minutes. Until Mika Cacho 
made that three-point shot that pushed the game to overtime. Oh damn! Another five minutes with Andy. <laughs> okay, if we did it for forty minutes, you can do it again for another five minutes, and eventually things fell into place. Hi, my name is Marga Jimenez. I was a former member and co-captain of the DLSU Lady Archers. I also recently graduated bachelor's degree in psychology as Magna Cum Laude. Thanks for listening. 